Well, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 166 of The Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. Uh, we have a hell of a show in store for you today. Uh, that's probably a lie. It's probably just going to be a regular show, but we're still going to try. Uh, I see the OG armies forming up in the chat box. Uh, hey, Dragonoff, Clarence, Bubbles, Captain, and Carl so far. So I'm glad to have you guys along for the ride. Um, as always, if you have something you want to talk about, feel free to call in or post it in the chat box, and I will do my best to respond or pick up. Uh, be aware if I'm doing my normal thing of looking for articles to fill the time, so to speak. Uh, I might not be looking at the uh, actual page for the show, and I might not see you calling. So be please be patient. I will get you as soon as I possibly can. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, man, 25 dead after a car falls off of overpass. Uh, Michigan State Police investigate. Huh. <laughs> I don't even know why I, why I put that, that on there to talk about. It's not super interesting, but I imagine it's got to suck. Um, you know, actually, I don't think that was the topic. I think that was just something I was reading. So why don't we go ahead and start again? <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, here's actual news. Uh, search underway after sailor goes missing from carrier Nimitz. Uh, apparently they're doing search and rescue efforts uh, to try to find some guy uh, that I'm guessing fell off. Uh, this is in the Northern Arabian Sea. Um, then that's basically the entire story. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because once again, I have no desire to go out into the ocean. Uh, <laughs> there seems uh, to be nothing good going on out there that would attract me in the least bit. I, I'm not uh, afraid to admit, I think I'm a little bit scared of the ocean. Uh, it's, there's just so much of it. Uh, and not to mention the fact there's all kinds of things that would like to eat you if you fell in. And uh, basically if you fall off of a boat, and the boat doesn't come back to get you, you're dead. <laughs> and so it never seemed really appealing to me. Uh, uh, I'm kind of, I, I, I don't know, I kind of think about cruise ships a little bit because I like the concept of, you know, like your vacation being in one spot. Uh, but I don't think I could handle a cruise ship. I'd be too worried about it. I know cruise ships very, very, very rarely uh, have issues. There's only been like a half a dozen to a dozen, a dozen of them ever. Uh, but I wouldn't want to be part of one of a new one either. I see uh, Doss feels the same way about it. Uh, he go deep into the ocean. Fucking, it's strangely enough, I, I'm surrounded by lakes that are big enough to be considered an ocean for for the most part. Obviously, they're a lot smaller, but if you look at them on a map, they're bigger than some states. So anything that would take you like three or four or five or six hours to drive across it, if you were driving, is a pretty goddamn big lake. Um, and it's so you you get on these lakes and you, you can't see sh shore on either side, so it becomes almost the same thing. And and these lakes are big enough that they have like uh, full size cargo ships, you know, like like you see on the ocean as well. Uh, they used to be a big, used to be a lot more of them, uh, not quite as many nowadays, uh, but you'll still see them uh, going, you know, right out in the middle of the lake, far off in, in the shipping lanes. Uh, so, but yeah, it's it's never been a big huge thing for me. The reason the cruise ships uh, seem to interest me just a little bit is because I like the idea of a vacation where you don't go any place once you get there. So, and a cruise ship is basically your vacation is on the ship. Um, the other thing that probably interests me for vacationing would be inclusive resorts. Because, uh, like, once I once if I'm on vacation, obviously you're traveling. I'm not a big fan of travel. So once you get to your destination, the last thing I'm going to do is more travel. So. Um, the last time I went on vacation of any substance other than just going like a couple hours from my house to Port Austin uh, was Vegas a couple of years ago where I went for like two or three days. Uh, and that one worked out well for me because I stayed at, uh, at the Fremont Hotel, which uh, if you're not familiar Vegas, that's like the downtown area. Um, and there's a whole bunch of hotels on there. And the hotels and attractions are a lot closer together than they are on the Strip. So you really can just wander up and down this two or three blocks and see all the stuff. And I enjoyed that quite a bit because I didn't have to like get in the car. The only time I got in the car was to go meet my friend Roxy. Uh, I had to take an Uber to uh, the Orleans Hotel because that was the closest one to her apartment to make it easy to meet. Um, but other than that, I just walked around for my entire vacation. I loved it. My feet did not like it. That, <laughs> that part sucked. Uh, I, I have flat feet and after walking around, uh, after, by the second day I was limping so bad, I got stopped by a security guard in my own hotel. I think, I think, I, I think he thought I looked like a homeless person or something or someone that was messed up. Um, so yeah, I had to show him, you know, my room key and all that good shit to get in. 
Uh, but it was still a fun, a fun trip. And it bums me out that I can't walk a lot because I actually enjoy that in general. Uh, I think it comes back, comes back to when I was a young teenager. I didn't have a lot going on, so I just walk around all day looking at stuff. Um, so, and I enjoy it. Like uh, when we went to Mackinac Island four or five, about four or five years ago, uh, there was a lot of walking there as well, uh, basically because there's no cars. So you either walk, take a bicycle, or or, or a horse-drawn carriage. Um, and I enjoyed that one as well. But once again, my feet were fucking shit uh, for days after that. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's one of the reasons I think maybe my arches fell later on or something. I, I think that's possible because I remember walking around a ton when I was a kid and, and a teenager, and I don't remember my feet hurting you know, all the time. Now, do it for a day or two, and I'm I'm done. I literally can't. I have to plan out vacations and activities so that there's only a day or two of walking. Because after that, like if we stayed someplace for a week that required a lot of walking around, I wouldn't even be able to enjoy myself for the second half of it. Um, do I have to wear special shoes? Uh, I I have uh, special inserts that uh, um don't seem to fucking do anything, <laughs> and they were you know they're supposedly expensive. I went to an actual foot doctor. My my insurance covered it, which is good because otherwise it'd been like four or five hundred dollars for these insoles. Um, and I don't know, I guess they make somewhat of a difference, but not really. Uh, I don't even wear them anymore in my, uh, day to day, like my work shoes, because I don't do, do a ton of walking. Uh, I walk from my car to the building, which is a pretty good walk because us PN employees have to park pretty far away from the building, uh, all the, uh, closer parkings for members and such. Uh, and then wa- walking around uh, up and down a couple sets of stairs there a couple times a day, cause I don't use the elevator. That's mostly partially because I, uh, don't want to be stuck in an elevator with people and partially because the elevator is so fucking slow that a lot of times I can actually get where I'm going quicker just by going across the basement, up the stairs and then across the kitchen uh, back still. Um, but part of it is I don't want to be in a, an elevator with other people. <laughs> it, it, uh, it uh, kind of sets me off my uh, proximity thing. I've talked about that before. I don't like people being too close to me. This entire uh, COVID thing with the dis- social distancing has been a blessing because uh, I have less people getting up into my space than I have before. Um, but that's a whole bunch of talk about nothing, really. So uh, let's see what else we have for uh, topics today. As always, you guys, oh, wait a minute, do you sure ask when I ride my trike, do they make trike shorts? <laughs> you know what? I haven't w- rode my t- trike in like two or three weeks. Uh, I've been too busy with work and shit. I'm hoping with fall coming on, I'll be mo- moving more back to kind of normal hours. So I'll have a little more free time um to take the old tricycle out which is uh <laughs> which is kind of I, and i know you guys make fun of me for the tricycle but i do enjoy riding it very very slowly it's fucking heavy as fuck <laughs> and literally like my average speed on it i think is like seven or eight miles an hour i think i got it up to 16 or 17 once going down a hill <laughs> but, it's, but that actually makes a good exercise because you know it doesn't roll super duper easy you gotta put some effort into it Um, and most of you guys have seen pictures of my tricycle. It's fucking awesome. And yes, I realize exactly what I look like a six foot seven person riding a tricycle. <laughs> but I was explained before, you know, um, I'm getting a little bit older and, um, you guys know I'm not the most agile person in the best of circumstances. So I thought about just getting a bike, but I, I had too many mental images of me falling over and, and hurting myself. So I decided I'd go for a, a tricycle instead. Um, and uh, it's a good time. Uh, it, it is nice. You know what? It, uh, I didn't think it would affect me as much, but riding a tricycle, I can actually enjoy it more because I know I'm not going to fucking fall off the thing. <laughs> uh, and obviously, I know how to ride a bicycle, but I only had like um, one. I think I told you guys a story before. I've only had one bicycle in my entire life. Uh, I got it when I was like seven. Uh, my uh, uh, stepbrother and stepsisters grandparents came down and wanted to buy them bikes and my uh, mom insisted that if they were going to do that they had to buy me and my brother a bike too because otherwise it wouldn't be fair uh so they did so reluctantly from what i assume uh, and i had that for three or four or five years and i might have got it as late as eight or nine um i, I couldn't have had it much more than 12 or 13 though uh and then after that i kind of outgrew it and i just never got another bike and Doss is saying that somehow I could manage to fall off the trike. You know what, dude? I've almost done it once or twice because as stable as those are, you can't take them around a corner fucking super fast. Otherwise, you'll tip them over. And I found that I almost found that out the hard way. When I, re- 
so now I use the brakes a little bit more than I used to before I was going before when I'm going around corners because the last thing you want to do is tip over a trike uh, going around a corner. It would suck. <laughs> so, but regardless, uh, let me see what else we have to talk about today. Uh, let's see. Um, latest news. Okay, always I keep on forgetting to close out these tabs when I'm done talking to you guys about the subject. Uh, and a lot of these today, I just saw the headline, clicked on it, and moved on because I figured we would discover the uh, article together. So if it ends up being lame and shit like that, please blame the new site, not me. Um, let's see. This one says, "Reckless and selfish, huge Burning Man bash leads to mayor leads mayor to close San Francisco Beach." Uh, fans of the annual Burning Man festival in the Nevada desert canceled this year by the coronavirus uh, thronged a San excuse me thronged a San Francisco beach Saturday night to celebrate the traditional closing night of the event, reporters say. Uh, an estimated 1,000 people on the beach broke coronavirus rules and stoked huge bon bonfires despite dangerous wildfire conditions as the heat wave grips California. Uh, mayor calls it uh, reckless and selfish. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Uh, do you guys really think that the uh, you know, I guess it really depends on, on how serious you think the whole coronavirus thing is. Uh, if you take it seriously, obviously, that's a really fucking stupid move to get a thousand people together. And since it's a party, you know, there's not going to be masks or anything like that or any social distancing. Um, but I know a lot of people don't uh, really think the coronavirus is all that serious and it's been overblown. If that's the case, then I assume you probably wouldn't think it's a big deal at all. Um, and I have feelings mixed on it with both ways. <laughs> I think it's more serious than, you know, than the deniers think, but it also might not be as serious as like the, you know, entire lockdown people are. I'm just kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, the juice is like, yeah, you can keep distance at a beach. I'm sure you can, you know, uh, and the thousand people is a lot of people, but it doesn't, I guess it really depends on, you know, on the beach setting. You, you can spread a thousand people out pretty good depending on where you're at, I suppose. Uh, and Grace uh, says uh, it's a serious case, but the cases are being rigged. Um, I don't know what that means by that exactly. I think I get you what you're saying. Uh, now, of course, the ones the people I can't get behind are the ones that deny it ex exists at all. Um, I've met one or two of those. Uh, there, I think I guys told you guys about the story uh, about someone I know on my Facebook that thinks because uh, I you know there's been like I don't I don't know. I don't feel like uh, looking up the numbers. So let's call it 500,000 deaths worldwide from the COVID thing. This guy claimed that uh, there, those were all fake. I'm like, well, um, I go, people died. What do you mean by fake? He goes, no, they didn't die at all. They faked their death certificates. Those people didn't exist. And okay, I can understand people <laughs> having debating about how serious it is and how many people have died and how, what their percentages are. Uh, and things like that. But if you truly believe 500,000 death certificates were faked to prove the COVID virus was serious, I think you might need uh, <laughs> a little professional attention because come on, dude, that's, that just seems so ridiculous. Um, but on the other hand, uh, uh, there's so many things going on nowadays uh, that line up of conspiracy theories, uh, stuff that I can't take anything without at least thinking about it a little bit. Uh, look at the uh, entire um, Epstein thing. You know, uh, with uh, Epstein killing himself and so many people claim that he didn't kill himself. Um, and there's been, it's, I go back and forth. There's, there's so many different points about it that it's really hard to know what to believe. Uh, so when that Maxwell chick, uh, got picked up, I'm, I'm scared to death that they're going to somehow whack her at, you know, cause, and, and confirm that the conspiracy theory is true. Cause if that conspiracy th theory is true, how many other ones are true that I don't believe in? You know, I don't want to believe that the world is this crazy, wacky place where all these secret societies are doing this and that and like uh, the Illuminati and uh, and so on, so on and so forth. I don't want to live in a world like that. I like my world simple. I don't like all this conspiracy theory shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. The juicer said she'll die of COVID. You know what? And that would be a fucking thing with that, you know, um, where obviously if we're going to go off the conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory thing, that means that... Uh, they inject her with something or to kill her. And then, you know, um, just say it was COVID or maybe give her something that would give her the symptoms of it or so on and so forth. Um, and geez, I hope not. Cause like I said, I don't want to, I don't want the world to be like that. Uh, let's see what else we got today. As always, if you guys are feeling bored, feel free to call in. Um, uh, I don't think we want to talk about that. 
inside of COVID-19's impact on New York tourism, Hilton to close in the Times Square's hotel. Hilton to close its Times Square's hotel, rather. Uh, wow, that's pretty uh, That's pretty serious. I mean, you can't think of more of a touristy spot. You know, if that place can't keep its doors open, um, it's, I imagine it's probably hard for any hotel at the moment. Uh, the article says Hilton is closing its 478-room hotel in Times Square effective October 1st. Uh, 200 employees will lose their jobs. Um, I think they had some numbers. Oh, uh, according to, oh, and now this is, and of course, they're not the only ones that are having issues. According to a report this week from American Hotel and Lodging Association, uh, hotel, occup- hotel occupancy in urban markets, urban markets, was 38% in August, well below the 50% it takes for most properties to break even. Uh, so there's a number I did not know. I think that's why I wanted to save that uh, particular uh, article. Apparently, hotel rooms need to have about a 50% occupancy rate to stay open for a long-term basis. Um, that seems like a lot to me. I've been to all kinds of hotels for when they were way less than 50% occupied. Um, I don't know if maybe that, that only means a certain type of hotels because i will be honest most of my hotel experience is more of a motel experience which i'm sure you guys are aware of those are the ones that uh it's not a like interior doors it's like all, all the hotel rooms have their own exterior door that opens into the parking lot i guess the, that's the best way to explain a motel i don't know why i'm doing that because i'm sure there's no one in the world who doesn't know what one is <laughs> oh a second i need a drink of water um in personal passive J news, I, I currently weigh 190 pounds. Yay. Uh, I lost a couple pounds from going up what was apparently like seven pounds in a week, but I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was my body retaining stuff while it got used to the extra calories that I was intaking. And so this morning I weighed 190 even, which puts me up uh, a little more than three, about three and a half pounds. Cause I was like 186 point something before I started adding the calories and taking the testosterone treatment, which I will be doing my second, uh, injection of, uh, tomorrow, <coughs> excuse me. It's an every two week thing. So I guess that means I basically gained four pounds in two weeks. That's not too bad. I guess it's, it's still probably a little more than I should be gaining. I've read an article someplace that you can only really gain about a half a pound of muscle a week. Um, so, uh, and dragging off to ask from Jack now, uh, uh, and what's, uh, did you so want to know what my optimal weight is for my height? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest with you. My long-term goal is 220, uh, but that might not be realistic. Hmm. I think anything over 260 is considered not good, uh, unless you're like some sort of extreme Jack person. And I'm right at the bottom end, end of, uh, what's considered okay for the, uh, lower end of it. I'd have to look it up again. Now I feel like I need, I'm giving you the wrong answer. And that's weird because it really depends on who you ask. What is the ever? Like you guys can't do this. Yeah. Wait, uh, a, what? Seven. Uh, let's see. Some, well, this, the quick one is 198 to 242 pounds. So, um, Right now, I'm still below what the uh, um, minimum weight they think someone my height should weigh, but uh, not by too terribly much. Well, actually, yeah, eight pounds is a lot when you think about it. Um, and I'm way, way, way below what they consider the, the top end. So I guess 220 is not a bad goal because that's right there in the middle, really. So that'd be a nice to get back up there. I'm going to be interested to find out what uh, my scores are when he tests me again in three months. Um, since I was only at 300 and what I've been told that this is a pretty mild, uh, set of, uh, uh, treatment he has me on compared to a lot of people. So I, I'd be interested in as what my, uh, testosterone is now. Is it like 500? Um, I wouldn't imagine it's really, really super high. Cause like I said, if he's not doing a huge thing for me, some people are on a whole bunch of shit and they get their numbers at like eight or 900, uh, just compared to what they talked about and what they're taking and what numbers they're at, I'm guessing probably I'll probably be around 500. So, which is still almost twice as much as I had before. So even though 500 is not a really high number, um, it's still a lot better than I was doing. So hopefully we'll be able to, uh, progress nicely. I'll be giving you guys updates every once in a while. 
Um, let's see. What else do we got to talk about today? Uh, okay, click that bad boy off. Oh, majority of you of young adults in the U.S. now live with their parents. <laughs> uh, as COVID-19 swept the country this year, millions of young adults retreated to familiar territory, living at home with mom and dad. A majority of young Americans aged 18 to 29 are now living with at least one of their parents, uh, according to research, yada, yada, yada. About 52% of this age group, uh, 26.6 million people in total, were living with their parents in July, compared to 47% the same time last year. Uh, and this number surpassed the previous record of 48%, which was set in 1940 during the Great Depression. So um, all these jokes that people make about their uh, about how um, uh, kids are not moving out when they turn 18 like they used to, it looks like it's pretty true. I mean, it's more than half. So, you know, that's 18 people. And that's not just people are like 18 or 19. They, I think they just said that was 18 to 29. I think that's what I read, wasn't it? I'm not going to go back to the article. Um, but that seems like a huge amount. Back when I was that age, it was pretty uh, ridiculed if you lived with your parents after 18 or 19. And, and I'll be honest, at one point I moved out, then I bounced around a whole bunch of places. But at one point I moved back in with my parents when I was like 25 for two years. And uh, and it was embarrassing. I didn't like telling people that. Um, I wouldn't even stay there two years, really. But my mom uh, told me something that kind of hampered me someplace a little bit. She said, we love you to death and, you know, and, and, uh, we want you to live with us as long as you can, but you know, you coming back has disrupted our life. You know, it made us get back in a new routine, new, uh, different routine. She goes, we're fine with that, but we don't want to do that again. So when you can stay as long as you like, but when you move out, you're never coming back, <laughs> which is why I was probably there to, uh, almost two years as opposed, as opposed to like three or four months or something where I would have tried to strike, uh, strike out again on my own it kind of like hampered me a little bit. Cause I, I didn't, I knew that if I fucked up this time, I didn't have a safety net. So, <laughs> so <laughs> did you just like, they couldn't handle the IBS parts. I don't remember having stomach issues when I was a kid. Um, I've had stomach issues for quite a while now, but, uh, and it seemed like they got a lot worse after the cancer thing that my stomach isn't, hasn't just not been right. Uh, I tell people that I'm more, uh, allergic to Norco's cause I had such bad stomach pains when I, uh, took them last time. But it probably wasn't actually the Norco. It's just my really sensitive stomach. Um, and I can remember having issues like three or four or five years ago. Uh, one case where I went on vacation with my girlfriend at the time, now wife, down to Florida to visit her parents. And I ended up spending most of the vacation in my hotel room because I didn't want to get too far from a bathroom. <laughs> but, uh, before that, no, not really. I can't remember like being in my twenties or early thirties or even like when I was 40 and have thinking that I had really bad issues, but I don't know, maybe I, it was just stuff that I didn't notice. Uh, it can't, no, it couldn't have been as bad because the last couple of years, the stomach pains were fucking so horrible that I couldn't stand it. So I, there was no way it could have been that bad when I was uh, younger. I would, I'd remember it. So who knows, who knows what started that shit? Uh, you know, not to talk about the IBS shit again, but uh, it's a lot of different things. Some people are triggered by different foods. Some people are triggered by stress. I think mine might be more stress than anything else, but there are certain cases where I ate something that I knew I shouldn't ate when I was still experimenting with this. And I was fucking horrible like that two hours later. So I, it might be a combination of both. It might be some foods and like uh, certain levels of stress and all that good shit. Um, uh Oh, homeboy 88's in here. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> uh, but like, for example, uh, a couple of days ago, I, I had a bad night because I got pissed off at work. Um, and I'll tell you guys about it. Now, I'm more disappointed than anything else because the person who did this, I've worked with for 16 years and I like them quite a bit. But we have a policy at our work where uh, all the people in, in the clubhouse have to wear the, the disposable masks. They don't want you bringing in your own masks to use because they want it to everyone to have a uniform appearance. You know, all the, all the employees that the members see, they want them to look like this. Uh, they don't re enforce that in like the kitchen or other areas where members never see that. So, um, that was not the policy explained at the, the meeting that we were all at, um, like two days before the season started. They, you know, they said that you're, everyone's going to have to wear masks, uh, but that was what was spread around to the employees once we got back to work. 
no one ever said to me or my wife that we could not wear regular masks. So, you know, cause we walked in the first day wearing them and I guess the other departments have been told to wear disposable ones, which, which the work, uh, supplies, but we just kept on wearing them because no boss had ever told us not to wear them. And that's how it was for like the last three months. Uh, until the other day where one of the people uh, that was required to wear the disposable ones complained to a manager why she can't wear uh, one, you know, a, her own mask when I and my wife are allowed to. So two hours later, <laughs> the manager came to me and said, you know, it's not so much that I care um, that you're wearing a mask, but when they asked me why you're allowed to when they can't, I didn't have a good reason to give them. Uh, so I'm going to have to ask you to start wearing disposable masks which by the way suck. Um, they itch my face and all that good shit. I, I found a mask that worked for me well. It had like uh, drawstrings in the back that you tied so you can you know have it any uh, size that you want as opposed to these disposable masks which are just like you know two elastic strings on either end that you put over your ears. So after wearing one for an hour because I've got an enormous fucking head my ears hurt like a motherfucker and I was getting a blinding headache because it was pulling my ears off, off the sides of my fucking head. <laughs> um, so and my wife's unhappy because her disposable mask rubs against her lips and she's actually getting a blister on her lips now. Uh, and I don't, I don't just don't understand why someone would do that. It doesn't help her any. It's, it's not like she possibly expected the manager to go, Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. We should go ahead and let you, uh, you know, wear one, uh, your own mask as well. She knew the only effect it would have was have us not be able to wear masks. And as I said, I'm disappointed because she, she always struck me as someone who minded their own damn fucking business. Uh, and I realized, yes, it, technically, if everyone else has to wear the disposable mask, we probably should as well. But we hadn't for the last three months. The managers didn't give, give a shit. And nobody gave a shit until she said something and they realized that, you know, that they should probably make us wear it too. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, and then, like, that was the second thing that pissed me off. The first thing that pissed me off was a completely different thing. Uh, we have a fantasy football league here at the work. And, uh, Every year we all throw in a hundred dollars. There's 14 people. Uh, you know, first, if you make it, if you win, you get $800, second gets $400 and third gets $200. So it, it's a fun, friendly game. There's a little money involved, but it's not a huge deal. It's not like one of these giant big money fucking leagues that you hear other people doing. Um, this year was going to be a little bit different when, when we first got together to talk about the league, uh, we had a couple people broached the idea that maybe we shouldn't put money in this time because we don't know how the season's going to go. It could you know, be canceled three games in. It could be a weird season because of all the COVID stuff. There's just you know a couple of good reasons why it might not be a good idea to put money into it. Uh, so we agreed that we weren't, we were just going to do it for fun this year. Uh, up until about three or four days before the draft, when one person uh, said, decided that they thought, you know, we should put money into it. And you know, the general consensus was, well, fine, if you want to go ahead, you know, so then all of a sudden it became, if you put money in, you know, you, you would, and you got first, second, and third. Um, I'm sorry, I'm explaining this poorly. So at first way it was, is all the people that put money in were competing to each other with each other. So of them, whoever was the top three would win the money back in whatever ratio it was going to be. Uh, but every day over, over the next couple of days, more people started to agree to be in the money league. Um, right to the point where like, Two days before the the uh, draft, uh, the guy taking care of, taking care of the money came up to me and said, "Hey, everybody else is in. Do you want to be in?" And I'd been asked by the guy like two days before that. He's like, "Oh, you want to be in this?" I'm like, "Nah, it doesn't sound like there's enough people in it. You know, it feels weird without it being a whole league. I'm I'm going to go ahead and pass uh, until you know, and until like two days later when the guy collecting the money. This is a different guy that wanted that started the entire money thing. We'll call him." Uh, I don't want to use actual names. So, uh, so we'll call him, uh, Steve. Uh, Steve was the guy that wanted more people to bet. Uh, and we'll call uh, the guy collecting the money, Alan. So Steve, had, you know, told me that, you know, there's two or three people in maybe more. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Uh, but then Fred came up to me two days later and said, Hey, everybody's in, but you, I'm like, Oh shit. I go in that case. Yeah, I'm in, but I give me a couple days to get the money. Cause I don't want to take it on my bank account right now. Uh, give me till Friday. So that was that. Now, Fred has helped me with the league quite a bit. Uh, I'm the commissioner of the league, but he's more like the, the legs guy because I'm stuck in a chair all day. He's the one that goes around and talks to people and collects the money normally and all this good stuff. 
So I thought that was the end of it. Uh, until, you know, until like the day of the draft, I had a couple people come up to me and go, oh, you decided to sell your team? I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. He goes, oh yeah, Bob said you're selling your team. I'm like, uh, Bob's fucking full of shit. I don't know. I have no clue what that even means, what sell my team. Uh, I go, no, no, I'm running my team. So the next, the next day rolls around, we do the draft and uh, everything's good. Until the day after that, when um, a uh, another gentleman, um, we'll call him um, uh, Bob, uh, Bob comes up and says, hey, uh, how, did the, how did the draft go? I'm like, uh, um, why? He goes, oh, well, because, you know, because uh, Steve sold me your team. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you know, Steve said you weren't you weren't in the money part of it. So I gave him one hundred dollars. And if you do and, and if you win, I'll get whatever money you uh, would have uh, gotten. I was like, what? No, go get your money back from fucking Steve. <laughs> I go, that's fucking ridiculous. There's, I didn't, uh, no one told, I didn't tell him that he could sell my fucking team. And uh, so then I called up Steve on the phone and asked him what the fuck he thought he was doing. <laughs> and Steve was like, oh, you said you were out. I'm like, okay, for one thing, uh, you're not running this league. You got nothing to fucking do with it. Uh, I gave the person who normally collects the money, money. And I told him that I was, that, that I was in. Uh, oh, but yeah, but you said you, you didn't tell me that you said you were out I'm like regardless of that. How about you fucking come up to me and ask me before you do some bullshit like selling my team? What kind of fucking shady shit is that, dude? I should kick him out of the fucking league just for being a dick. <laughs> it was stupid, dude. It was, you know, uh, and, and it made me hot for the rest of the day, which just surprised other people because I'm not normally that type of guy. Um, <laughs> oops, sorry. I had a little dog just jump in my lap. Yeah. Is that just me? Is, is you know? Don't you think that's like overstepping your boundaries j- just a little bit? You know, um, it's uh, yeah, you know, uh, and it, yeah, I don't, and I don't want to talk too much about it because uh, it's not a good idea for me to talk too much about my work, and so I don't want to go into anything else like that to get myself into trouble. But between that and the entire uh, thing with the uh, employee upsetting me because I have to wear fucking disposable masks now. It was a bad day for me the next day. Um, it, you know, I knew I knew that I didn't eat anything bad, but my stomach fucking killed me for at least half the next day. It wasn't, which makes it not bad for a flare up, by the way, because sometimes they last multiple days. Um, but it, it, it sucked, you know, and and it sucks that basically all that other people can make me feel sick if they get me upset. So I tried to do a little, uh, you know, mellow mellow out as much as I can, and I've been trying to like step back half a second whenever i start to get upset and try to you know let it go before it affects me um <laughs> but yeah so that that's not a fun part uh let's see what else we got to talk about today oh i we were actually talking about the young adults living in the home part that was a weird tangent uh let's see three desperate migrants jump into the sea from stranded med tanker uh wow that's gotta fucking suck uh, what does it say? It says three migrants stranded aboard a tanker for over a month awaiting a, a port to disembark jumped into the Mediterranean Sea on Sunday and in a sign of increasing despair on deck, the ship reported. Wow. Um, they said the they said the captain and crew of the chemical tanker Elani uh, quickly rescued the three migrants and brought them back up aboard. Um, but the company reported repeated its demand for a port and urged humanitarian assistance to ensure that the passengers are immediately given the attention and care that they need. Oh, um, I wonder how they got on the boat. Well, let's find out. Oh, okay. It, see, it seems the ship rescued a group of 27 would-be refugees on August 4th at the request of Maltese authorities as the migrants' fishing boat sank. Uh, however, Malta refused to let the migrants disembark and the Alante has been stuck in an international waters 17 miles off of uh, the small European Union island as food water supplies are running low. Okay, so that seems kind of bullshit, doesn't it? So uh, Malta asked them to rescue them, and they, but then wouldn't let them let them go there. So they're like, nope, it's your fucking problem. Um, that's gotta suck, man. Uh, I, I you know I feel bad for migrants in general. Uh, you know, uh, moving is not an easy thing, and leaving your country for another country is not an easy thing. So your life has to really fucking suck if you're going to like get on a boat and just hope to fucking you end up someplace better, you know? Um, so, and I, and obviously I don't believe in illegal immigration, but I do feel bad for people that 
are so like desperate that they cry do crazy shit like that and i didn't think it's bullshit that malta would ask for this help to rescue um Ooh, oh shit uh-oh hold on <laughs> oh no what the hell oh it's stuck underneath there come on baby hold on a second <laughs> i went to move the dog and it uh hooked my microphone and uh and i thought i was gonna pull it off the table <laughs> sorry about that folks that's probably the uh not the dumbest thing i did today but it was probably pretty well up there uh let's see what else do we got to talk about you guys are feel free to actually call in i've done 36 minutes just babbling to myself <laughs> uh i do appreciate you guys sticking around for it by the way i realize it can't be the most uh, entertaining thing in the world but uh um you guys seem to hit stick around so cool thanks <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got today um first clone of endangered oh i'm not going to try to say that Przewalski's horse born in conservation effort to save the species uh the first successfully cloned yada yada horse was born on august 6th in a veterinary facility in texas uh the horse was cloned from a male hussa hussa horse cryopreserved by the zoo in 1980. Um, uh, Prywowalski horses are critically endangered animals that are found in Mongolia. Uh, uh, and that's about it. I guess that's it. They're considered the last species of truly wild horses and are distant cousins of modern day domestic horses, uh, having likely split from a common ancestor 500,000 years ago. Um, they were once ex extinct in the wild, and the, while intensive breeding programs have helped revive them, um, nearly all of them can be traced to 12 Prasinski horses that were born in the wild. So I guess, so this is a big deal since they were able to clone, you know, one from like cloning juice, I guess. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't realize I had a caller. As I mentioned, sometimes I'm reading stuff, so. Hello, caller, how are you doing today? Hello, Passive J, nice to speak to you, my good man, how are you? I am excellent. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I was wondering if I could sing you and your friends a song. Why, sure, Sir Elton, sir Elton John. Go right ahead. Oh, okay. One second. Here we go. One second. Goodbye, Adachi. Though I never knew you had all you had the strength to hold yourself while those around you crawled <laughs> they crawled about the woodwork and they whispered into your brain they should have put you on a treadmill and you should probably change your name <laughs> and it seems to me you lived your life like a Twinkie in the wind <laughs> Never knowing who to turn to when the rain set in And I'm glad I didn't know you Cause I was just a kid Your candle burned out long before Whoops, I fucked that up <laughs> Your legend ever did Thank Ooh. you, Pastor Jay. I love your no, show. No. Thank you very much. No, thank you. That was beautiful. I was tearing up a little bit there. <laughs> oh, shit, we got another caller. Uh, one moment. Hello, caller. What can we do for you today? Hello, Passive Yay! I hear I Joel Romero from Cuba. How you doing? <gasps> wow. Well, sir, I am honored. I can't believe you're calling my podcast. How are you doing today, sir? I heard it from Max Holloway. This is a good MMA podcast. Maluke de Yamara. Oh, he say he say the calling. I'm sorry. You don't know Spanish. No, I do not. No, I'm sorry. No, I, I know a couple swear words. That's about it. But yeah, I know you're a man of God, so I've never used you it know, in front of you. That's right. And no forget Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. And when I say that, I don't say no forget Jesus. I say no forget Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up. There's a lot of controversy yes. about that. Yes, Jesus. 
Yes. I love you, Passamier. I love you, everybody. Oh, well, thank you. You're, you're, I must say, you're terrifying. Michael! Michael, I'm coming for you still. I'm going to take out your other eyeball, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I just. Are you speaking about Michael Bisbing? Yes! I hate that motherfucker! <laughs> he say that he made a gesture that he put the steroid in his ass, saying I don't use steroids. I'm not on steroids! Okay? No. This all natural! Cuba! Okay? I train wow. and train and train! And I look like a black superhero, like from the boys! You know that movie? That oh, show? Yeah. I love that it's show. Good. I should I, be in that show, you know? Yeah, you should. You look more superhero than most of them, actually. Jeez. Yeah, geez. Anyway, I called you to tell you you do a fantastic job by yourself. You don't need no robot. Okay? <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's very encouraging. I must go because I'm going to blow up my vocal cords. <laughs> I know. It's time to pray. I, I, I know. I know. Uh, it's time to pray. Ladies and gentlemen, no for gay Jesus, okay? <laughs> no for gay Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Wow. Man, we're just getting all the MMA personalities in here today, huh? Well, who's next? God, who knows? Well, speaking of, M- of MMA stuff, uh, you guys see that Nick Diaz is talking about trying to compete again. Uh, he says he's going to do more. Tra- he just finished a 14-week training camp, and I don't know why he would finish it now because he said he wants to fight in early 2021, so maybe January or February. Um, so, um, and what do you guys think about that? Do you guys think you know Nick Diaz should be coming at the, back at this point? Um, I... Personally, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think times have maybe passed him by. I mean, he was always a really fun fighter to watch, and he was really good. But um, I don't know how he compares to like nowadays. Uh, God, how old? How old is he? Let me look. Um, yes, age. That motherfucker's thirty-seven. Uh, that's a little on the old side. Um, but that's not, you know, fucking ridiculously old, I guess. Uh, I've also heard a lot about him partying a lot in the last couple of years, um, which doesn't help at all, obviously. Uh, partying will take will age a man more than fucking almost anything. It depends on what ty- type of party. And I guess he got into drinking, from what I understand. And that's not great. But that's also, you know, something you, you can recover from. He's been super duper healthy almost his entire life. I don't think a couple of years of partying are, is going to ruin him, so to speak. Um, so... Uh, It'd be interesting. I guess a lot of it depends on who they, they set him up with. Uh, someone on the chat uh, mentioned uh, uh, Hardy. Hardy is talking about coming back as well. And that would probably be a good fight, uh, interestingly, to see the two of them, Dan Hardy versus Nick Diaz. Uh, who do you guys think would win in, uh, in that particular fight? And, you know, uh, and, and as always, um, my opinion on MMA is probably not the one you want to go with. I don't uh, know a ton about it. I follow it quite a bit, but I've never been like, you know, an MMA expert by any means. That's apparently uh, K-Barb, <laughs> unless you're asking him for fight picks, in which case don't. <laughs> it's amazing, dude. He knows a shitload of, uh, about fighting. Uh, he, you know, he knows a lot, all the, about all these guys fighting in the lesser promotions and, and this thing, but he does horrible at his fucking fight picks. There's some sort of disconnect there, really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see what else we got to talk about today. Um, oh, we got yet another caller. Holy shit. Uh, let's see. Who do we got now? Hello, caller. How you doing today? What's up, dog? This is Nate Diaz, man. I heard you talking about my brother, man. What's oh, up? Shit. 209. 209. Stock the motherfucker. Oh, wow. Holy shit. What's up? I, I'm honored. I'm a big fan of you. 209 yours, the sir. house. That's right. Vanilla Ice. No, did, that was the juice. That's hard to, for me to say, deducer. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I have a little trouble with that sometimes as well. So uh, what brings you here today, Nate? 
Nah, dog. I'm just. Uh, I want to announce a fight it's coming out for me, man. Oh yeah. Who's yeah. that? I'm gonna fight the police. <laughs> police? <laughs> you mean like like all of them? I mean, how's that gonna work? Listen, dog. Right here in Stockton, I don't know over there, but there's like a million police on the streets right now. What the fuck, man? I saw like four on the fucking highway. What the fuck? That's overkill, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how, I imagine Stockton doesn't normally have a whole bunch of police. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? It's all thugs. Yeah. What are well, you trying to say, know. man? I don't know. Listen, I've never, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend. And my brother got another fight too. Yeah. Who do you know? Who he's going to fight yet? Or do, who, do you know who he wants to fight? He's gonna fight uh, Big Dolphin. <laughs> the Dolphins? Are we talking about like the, no, the no, Big Dolphin? Actually... Oh, Big, Big Dolphin. Oh. oh, I thought you said because, Dolphin. Like, yeah, you know how he said uh, Joe Rogan that day, fucking Joe Rogan that night, whatever the fuck. Yeah, well, yeah. He changed over to the underground. You know what I'm saying? But um, he's pretty upset that he quit. Oh, so yeah. So he's looking really? for him. Oh shit, that'd be an interesting fight. Uh, you know, Big Dalton's quite a bit bigger, larger than uh, Nick is, and he he has fought some. He was uh, did a couple of amateur fights and such. Is that, is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's also like a power lifter. Way, you know, <clears throat> and normally weighs like three hundred fucking pounds. Hey, yo, Nick, yo, Nick, motherfucker's two six for five, man. He's like six foot five or something. No, he's you only still six want to foot. Fight that he's, motherfucker. He's, <laughs> I don't know. He's over. Yeah, he's, he's coming over here. Hold on, man. All right, all right. I'll Oxum. Get to talk to both the Diaz brothers. He, um, is a uh, uh, Nick Diaz. <laughs> What's up, man? Uh, How you doing, Nick? Uh pretty good. Uh, you know, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. How you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. Now, I heard you wanted to fight Dalton. Now, I do have to warn you, Dalton's like, well, he weighs like 320 right now because he's getting fat from the COVID stuff. Uh, but normally he weighs like, see, six foot, 300 pounds, power lifter, and, is, and has some amateur fight experience. So, obviously, you know, you have way more experience than he does. But uh, with the weight difference, it might be a, a little bit of a handful for you, sir. Yeah, I, I might be rethinking it. Uh, yeah. You know, you get the fuck out of here. You know, you don't know how to do an interview, dog. Get the fuck out, man. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. You heard him on Ariel Hawaii. He was horrible, man. Get the fuck out of here, brother. I know you're older, but Jesus Christ, man. Anyways, <laughs> I just wanted to call and say hi, man. You know? I, well, I, I appreciate that. You're doing that. a great job, man. Well, thank you. 209 Stockton, motherfucker. Oh, hell yeah. Gonna... All right, man. I got <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both Nate and Nick for calling in. I appreciate that. So apparently uh, Nate's going to be fighting the police uh, anytime soon, and Nick's looking to fight Big Dalton. So uh, keep your eyes open for both those in the near future. That will be fucking amazing. <laughs> we got about 10 minutes left in the show. Uh, I believe we can find at least a couple more things to talk about tonight, uh, assuming we don't get any more celebrity callers. It's quite the night for celebrity callers, isn't it? Um Let's see what else we have today. Uh, have you guys seen what's going on in California with the entire fucking heat wave? Apparently, uh, like someplace in California hit 121 degrees uh, the other day. And plenty of them actually got up until like the 105, 110, 115. Like they're breaking records left and right. And 121 is fucking ridiculous. Holy shit, man. That's. I can't imagine, um, you know, uh, when it gets above like 83 or 84 here in Michigan and I start complaining, um, and I, and I realize that's record, break, record breaking temperatures, but man, te uh, California is supposed to have this perfect climate. I didn't see, I'm not familiar with California where all any of the cities are other than like San Diego and San Francisco and, uh, and LA obviously. So I don't know if these places where if these really high temperatures were really far away from LA, but LA is supposed to be like this fucking perfect weather spot, you know, from what I understand. 
and the juicer said it got 105 here in the central coast is how i i know it's record breaking but how um how record breaking is that is that i mean like the 105 uh was a record is like was the record before that like 85 and you guys just broke it by like fucking 20 degrees or is it does it normally get that hot in parts of california as i said i've never been there but when you, people talk about california it's like they say it has like the perfect climate so i i, I imagine some place that's like 75 year round or some shit like that um i guess that's not the case well i, I need some more water but feel like I'm eating crackers and sand. That's much better. Yeah, so, um, and the juicers say, they say no, high 90s is too hot. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Elton John, even my socks are air-conditioned. Air-conditioned socks, those would be fucking awesome. I think I want a pair. I don't think I can afford it, though. Uh, maybe I'll start a GoFundMe for air-conditioned air -conditioned socks. <laughs> that would make some people unhappy, I imagine. Uh, let's see. We got a couple more topics to talk about. Oh, Black Panther comics are available for free right now in tri tribute to Chadwick uh, Bozeman, uh, which is kind of cool. If you guys want to go to uh, the website Comics Comicsology, so comics with an X and O L O G Y, apparently they're giving uh, away like uh, a couple different series, like uh, Agents of Wakanda. Black Panther versus Deadpool and Long Live the King are um, available for free. I haven't went and looked at it, but I'm assuming that they mean digital copies. I'm, I'm they're probably not going to send you actual comics for free. Uh, but that's pretty cool. I saw that under, and I figured I'd mention it to you guys. I don't know how geeky you guys are. I've never been able to explore it with you too much because Dalton frowned it on frowned on the nerd topics. So whenever I tried to bring nerd stuff up, it normally got shot down pretty quickly excuse me but he's not around to do that anymore so uh but the thing is i don't know if you guys are actually interested in nerd topics <laughs> you guys might have been glad every time dalton shot one of those down um so i'm not going to uh get delved too deeply into that kind of stuff until i've got a better idea of uh sort of things you guys like um i might go look at that though uh i i like comic books but i've never been big into buying comic books uh because it just seemed like such a economic waste. Like I love reading a comic book, but you know, like then I haven't priced in a long time, but back in the day where you can buy an actual book for like $5, a comic book was like a dollar and you'd read it in like fucking a minute and a half. <laughs> oh, hello color. What can I do for you today? Boy, is this passive Jay? Yes, it is. Who am I speaking with? Ah, oh, this is the transporter, Jason Statham. I was just wondering, how much are those uh, sausages there, Charlie? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure if I understand the reference. Well, if you don't understand the reference, you just don't don't understand references, Jay. It's simple, really. Okay. It's simple. So, anyways. I don't know if you saw a movie that I was in. It was a documentary called The Meg, where I fought a giant shark. Oh, Did you have No. My wife saw that. I didn't manage to catch that. You didn't happen to see it? No, I'm sorry. My wife saw it. She said it was um She said it was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Well, it's better than great, really. It's the greatest documentary in the history of documentaries. Not only did I slay a baby megalodon. Isolate its bloody mother. Oh wow, wow. Um, was it was that dangerous? Yeah, for a bloke like me, nothing's dangerous, Jay. You should know this. That's that's very true. I have seen a lot of your work. Uh, it, like uh, I saw that documentary you made about transporting people before. That seemed uh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, unfortunately, I do my best work in Macy B's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. So, so are you well, guys official now? Yeah, like a referee with a whistle, Jay. Like a referee with a bloody whistle. On that note, I've got to go. Cheerio, boy. Well, thanks for calling it. I appreciate it, sir. There you guys go. Jason Statham, or reasonable approximately of one. <laughs> it's been a hell of a show with all the celebrity callers, man. Uh, I barely had to talk at all. Uh, shit, I'm, I'm just going to start doing a, uh, a show when all I do is talk to celebrities. Um, 
I think it'd be very popular. I, yeah, I won't even bother to look up uh, fucking you know um, topics and shit anymore. Like I won't have to tell you guys that uh, pot smell is proliferating proliferating in cars. And here's how some car dealers are working to get the weed odor out. Uh, I'm, uh, I don't know if you if it's uh, legal where you are, but here in Michigan, as it is in a whole bunch of states uh, now, weed is completely legal recreationally. So you don't need a card. You don't need anything like that. Um, so of course, uh, since it's, and that's been like there for almost uh, two years now. Um, so of course, of course, car dealerships are starting to get cars turned in that, that smell like fucking weed. And the article is about like all the different things they do to try to get the weed smell out and talking about how, if they can't get the weed smell out, it can lower the resale value of the car 10 to 20%. Uh, but I'm just fucking amazed that many people are smoking weed in their fucking car. Uh, I, you know, as you guys know, I smoke more weed than the average guy, but I don't smoke in my car. There's why, first off, um, while smoking pot is not nearly as bad as like, uh, drinking and driving, um, I wouldn't want to like smoke a joint and then immediately go for a drive. Uh, I believe there needs to be at least some time in between the two of them. Uh, two, it makes your car fucking smell like weed. Yes, it's, it's legal now, but you still don't want your car sm- stinking like weed when the cops pull you over. Um, and, and as for smoking while you're, I don't know, smoking while you're driving, that just seems incredibly fucking dumb. I mean, then of course that's hypocritical of me to say that because as a teenager and a younger adult, I did that all the fucking time. Um, but that was because we literally had no place to go. We were teenagers. We couldn't, there was no place to sit around and smoke pot. You know, there was, you couldn't do it in public, uh, going to a park is a really dangerous thing. Uh, you couldn't do it at most of your buddies' houses, obviously. So uh, a lot of weed got smoked just driving aimlessly around neighborhoods at low speeds. <laughs> uh, but now that you, uh, the juice is, can you get a DUI, DWI in pot? Yes, I believe you can. You, cause you're, you can still get a driving wall impaired, uh, but it doesn't happen a lot because they don't, they don't have any, um, as far as I know, they don't really have any way to test your levels. So they have to go by like just how you're, you're driving and things like that. And pot doesn't really impair you that much. Uh, if you were like just blazed out of your mind so, so much that you could barely keep your eyes open, uh, like, and a cop noticed that you might get a ticket, but on the average, I don't think it happens that often. Um, mostly cause the, you know, mostly because the recreational has been here relatively, you know, soon, uh, not, not long rather. So I don't know if they have really good methods to deal with it. Um, so it's, uh, but the entire, now that I'm adult, uh, and have my own house, obviously, I just, the entire concept of smoking in your car just seems like a horrible idea. All righty. Looks like we got time for about one more topic. Let's see if there's anything else to talk about before I get out of here. Um, let's see. <laughs> a French man chased the fly around with an electric swatter and accidentally blew up his own house. Um, apparently a man in France tried to eliminate a fly uh, with a electric fly swatter. I don't know if you guys ever seen those before. They're exactly what they sound like. It's a fly swatter with like batteries in it. Then it runs an electric current through like the, 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 you know, the top part of the fly swatter. Um, apparently, uh, uh, the dude had a fucking gas leak in his house. Um, so, uh, the reaction between the gas and the swatter caused an explosion that collapsed part of his ceiling. Uh, the man suffered minor burns and the, uh, house is uninhabitable. So, but that's really, really what the, the big story is there that the guy had a gas leak and luckily for him, his fly swatter set it off before it built up to the point where it just fucking killed him. Um, <laughs> um, just, <laughs> Yes, I realize I said uh, now that I'm an adult, but I was referring to something I did when I was a teenager 30 or 40 years ago or some shit like that. And 47 is not nearly 50, man. I got three more years, not to mention the fact that age is only a number. I, I've told you guys before, I actually feel better than I physically than I have my entire life because I've spent my entire life being a lazy asshole. So now that I'm in shape, despite the fact that I'm much older, I feel better than I used to. <laughs> um, but anyways, look at the time. It uh, looks like that's about a show. Uh, so many people called in that I can, I, I'm afraid I won't even be able to say all their names to thank them, but I'm going to try. Uh, I want to thank, uh, Yol Romero. I want to thank, uh, Nick and Nate Diaz. Uh, 
I want to thank Jason Statham. I want to thank Elton John. Um, I, hopefully I'm not missing anybody, but <laughs> if I am, I do apologize. I want to thank everybody in the OG army for showing up. I can't do a show without you guys. It's, it's you, you and me guys, you guys are the co-hosts now. Uh, and, uh, since there's nobody to ask if they have anything else, uh, I'll ask myself, Jay, you got anything else? Nope. Nothing else. All right, guys. Uh, I'll see everybody tomorrow at six. You guys have a great night. Bye-bye. Screw you, hippie.